if you choose, you can keep the commandments, they will save you. We heard this in our first reading from the book of Sirach. What does it mean for us to be free? Is this ability to do whatever I want, whenever I want? God created us with this beautiful gift of free will. But that's also why Adam and Eve were able to sin. This is a reason that evil exists. But God in his wisdom sees that this is worth it. That such a gift to be able to choose, to freely choose to love him, is worth it all. Why is this? To truly love, to truly choose to love God with our whole heart requires that we're able to freely make that choice. We speak in keeping the commandments. It's important to look at what's the origin of the commandments. Of course, we know the Lord gave them to Moses on Mount Sinai. But the motivation that God gave us the commandments, he didn't give them to put up a restrictive, arbitrary set of rules. It was a covenant with a people that he had just set free from slavery. And so the commandments reflect a way to be a guardian that we may not fall back into slavery. For the Israelites, this was both truly, I think they don't fall in slavery to another nation, but also in a figurative sense of slavery to sin. And the commandments that are set up are ways to guard the way that the Lord has created us in such a way that we freely live in relationship with him. This here flies in the face of the modern philosophy of personal autonomy. Right? That to keep certain commandments, to keep the commandments, is the way that we are truly free. If you know anyone, or maybe personally yourself, who struggled or fought with addiction, I think this point is vividly clear. Freedom is not choosing whatever we want, because there's some choices we make that the moment we make those choices, we're no longer free. We become ruled by those actions. And our own will does not have the power to make choice anymore. It's immediately then a limit on our freedom. As St. Paul says multiple times in his letter to the Romans, we become, again, slaves to the passions, slaves to sin, 
when we fail to keep the commandments. But on the other direction, we also can become slaves to the commandments. How is this? It's what my motivation is to keep the commandments. If I keep the commandments out of self-righteousness, right, after this want to be right, this want to be correct, ironically then, the commandments then also become something that limits our freedom. This is what Jesus is addressing in today's gospel. Our motivation for keeping the commandments, we should keep the commandments, yes. But our motivation for it should be because of our love of God. And when this is done, then the commandments serve as that guardian for our relationship with God. It's then when the commandments do not become a burden. It's when they're used to guardian our relationship, to guard our relationship with God. Our concern then doesn't fall with being correct, but with being in love. It's only when we have this love, this relationship of love, that we're motivated to go above minimalism. Right? We go beyond this fact of where does this change from being a venial sin to a mortal sin? And I just want to skate by right where it's venial to I don't want to offend God in any way. And I'll do whatever I can to love him above all. That's what Jesus means when he says exceeding the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees. So practically, how can I become motivated by love? Ironically, or maybe not ironically, these three points that I give, I actually just pulled from a wedding homily I gave once. Because there's not much of a difference when we're talking about a motivation of love. Right? The same advice that you'd give for a spouse to be motivated by love, to keep true to the covenant that they make in marriage. The same motivation to be motivated by love to keep a covenant with God. So three points. Number one, pray. Spend time with our Lord. Yes, our recitation of our memorized prayers, those are something that are good. Don't get me wrong. But to sit down and tell God about my day, my struggles, my worries, my anxieties, my fears, my hopes, to spend time each day to let that be heard 
by the ears of God and for us to voice it. Number two, to say thank you. To acknowledge those times of blessings that I've received in the day from God. And to every day do that. The moment I start with gratitude, to start acknowledging the blessings of God, that can break down any walls of self-righteousness. Right? When I see how much I've been blessed, there's not much of a reason to be self-righteous. Number three, and this one I think you can see is applicable to marriage as well. Hopefully I don't see any elbows in the ribs here. To say I'm sorry. To admit when you're wrong. And to seek God's forgiveness. To seek his forgiveness, not just when we're wrong mortally, right, that we need to get to confession, but also in the smallest way in those venial sins. Right, that we strive to please God in all things. Right, we can say our act of contrition any time before we go to bed as well. Right, to be sorry for those times that we've sinned. And seek above all things to love God with our whole heart, with our whole mind, and with all of our strength.